0: You're listening to Women at Work on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. Here again is Laura Zaro.
1: Welcome back to Women at Work and our ongoing conversation about how we get more women To join, stay, succeed, and lead in the workplace. I'm your host, Laura Zarrow, Senior Director of Wharton People Analytics. And today we're talking all about Working Mother's list of the 50 best law firms for women. I had the great honor in the first half hour of talking with Suba Barry um, about how Working Mother compiled this list, why they did it, and what we've learned from it. And I'm thrilled to have in the second half of our show um, Laura McKenna, who's a partner at one of those 50 best law firms. Um, Lauren's a senior trial lawyer who focuses her practice on resolving sophisticated business disputes and litigation, particularly in the insurance, real estate, and flood industries. She regularly appears in state and federal courts across the United States and has earned a reputation for sound judgment and innovative problem solving, which we're going to hear more about. At Fox, Lauren's an elected member of the executive and I'd like to point out one of the things that was in the Working Mother report that was really important, and I don't know if we got much time to dive into it with Suba, was that elevating women to these influential committees is really important. So for us, it counts not only that Lauren's on it, but Fox put her on it. Um, and that... Th- To keep in mind that the Executive Management Committee is the firm's governing body, and she's co-chair of the Women's Initiative, which clearly successfully offers assistance with marketing and networking, mentoring, work-life balance, and invests resources into the recruitment and career development of women attorneys. So with all that out there, I'd like to say, Lauren, welcome to Women at Work. Thank you so much for having me. We know that this is the 10th year of the Working Mother Survey of Best Law Firms. And unless I'm mistaken, this is not the first time that Fox Rothschild has been included on the best of list. Is this
0: true? That's true. We've been on it before. We've been honored to be on it. I think this is our fourth time
1: this year. Okay. And not fourth consecutive, though. That's correct. So talk to me about what that means, what it means to make the list to you inside the firm. And what it means to come off it and get back on it again.
0: Right. Well, we first started in the first year it was uh, started by Working Mother, and we thought it would be an excellent opportunity for our firm, the women of our firm, to look at how we were doing. And it provided a vehicle through which we were able to do that. And we were thrilled when we were honored in the first year of the list to make it. Uh, Then we had to work going forward to try to stay on the list. And it proved to be a really important vehicle by which we examined ourselves and said, are we meeting certain expectations that the industry had? Are we doing what we need to do within the firm? Uh, And are we not just talking the talk, but walking the walk?
1: So it's part of what we say a lot here at Wharton, that you can't manage what you don't measure. That's exactly right. And so this became a useful measurement for you. Absolutely. We
0: not only looked at it each year, but we in years where we didn't make it, um, engaged in the benchmarking report. We looked at where we fell in relation to other firms who did. We thought it was important to understand why firms were making the list, why we didn't make it in any particular year, and we examined what we were doing.
1: So you there's something important in your phrasing that you talked about the women at the firm wanted to see how we were doing. Mm -hmm. So was it all women who were doing this at first? At first it was. When, I'm guessing that changed. It changed when we were recognized
0: and people said, wow, there's value in this recognition. It's wonderful. Our clients are noticing. Our recruiting team is noticing. There are people who are interested now in the firm that didn't know about us before, and we're viewed as a progressive firm, particularly
1: on women's issues. So in a way that supports a lot of what Suba was saying, that um, we do things because we know they matter, but finding the way it moves the bottom line really can get change to happen. And you saw a demonstrable effect on how business could develop with this.
0: We did. We did. And it became all that more important to continue to look at this as a way of measuring our uh, progress on these issues.
1: So when you talk, it also helps you get notice as a progressive firm for women. Is that um, about who is in the firm, or is it also about the way you practice law and the kind of cases that you take?
0: It's really everything. It's across the board. So it's not just sort of how we are internally, culturally, but who we are to our clients, to the community, all of the things that many of our attorneys are involved in
1: outside of practicing law. So when, this, when you first made the list and then said, okay, we didn't make it the next year, where did you start to make change within the organization? What did it look like up
0: close? We really drilled down on what our women's initiative looked like. Uh, I've had the good fortune of being part of that since the inception of the initiative, and it's morphed from what it once was, which was a small initiative, to what it is now, which is a wonderful, vibrant initiative. And we looked at that as maybe a vehicle by which we could
1: continue to implement change at the Farm for Women in particular. So we know that women's initiatives within organizations, um, they're important but they're also hard to get traction, and sometimes um, groups struggle with what are meaningful ways to spend your time. As you were developing the Women's Initiative, because you were in it from the Mm -hmm. get-go, what were the things that you learned to do differently?
0: Well, one of the things we learned early on was not to be isolated in our efforts, that this could not just be about women, that it had to be inclusive of the men in the firm. Uh, And it had to be inclusive of letting our clients know what we offered women in the firm. Many of our clients were women. And they didn't know about who we were or what we did on this front. That became very important, not only from a business perspective, but just from a cultural perspective at the
1: firm. So in the same way that many of us shop for products where we can feel good about how they're sourced and made, clients were choosing the firm because they appreciated how the firm organized itself. That's right. And so, how did you work at getting the men on board? Um, What were the kind of conversations you had to take, and what were the ways that you involved them?
0: It was amazingly simple in the end. There was a lot of fear about how we would approach it, Um, but we just asked and we talked sort of human being to human being. (laughs) And we said, These are issues that are important to us. We think they're important to the success of the firm. Will you? engage with us on the issues we care about. And we've never had, I've never had a man at our firm say no to that approach. They've always been willing to listen, be engaged with us. And even if they don't understand the issue, at least try to understand it and work on a solution.
1: What were the first issues that you brought to them?
0: Early on, it was we needed to have policies. We needed to have a maternity leave policy. We wanted the opportunity for women who had children to also have the opportunity to work reduced schedule after having children for a period of time. Um, And, you know, from a personal perspective, I lived that um, because I have three children. And And you had all three of them while you were at the firm? Yes, I did. I did. So and what we heard was, that's wonderful tell us how we get there. You know, l- Tell us what you think this should look like. So it was, an, I wouldn't say easy, but it was a start. And it was how we progressed and developed the policies that we now have.
1: How did you get past that hurdle that so many women report of pol- a policy's been changed, you've been given more maternity leave, you've been given flex hours, yet when you come back, from maternity leave, your um, client list is reduced, your involvement in important meetings is reduced, your your op- your path to promotion is all of a sudden constrained. It sounds like one of the things that Fox has done so well is made sure that didn't happen. Absolutely. So tell me about how that happened over time, how the culture behind it changed.
0: Well, it's interesting. There's really two pieces to that. The first is, uh, you know, we, asked to be heard on these issues. And so as a woman coming back from maternity leave, there's a natural hesitancy. What does my position look like? Will I have the same value? Will people understand that I have other commitments outside of the office, some of which are fairly rigid? I have to pick my kids up at a certain time of day. I need to be out of here by a certain time of day to accomplish that. How do I do all of that and meet my clients' needs at the same time and the firm's needs? And it, what it really required was a lot of discussion with the people uh, with whom these women worked, including me, to say, "Look, this is my situation. I don't want to hide it. I want to be upfront
1: about it, and I'd like you to understand what I'm what I'm doing." So, at that time, where, like, let's take you're back from maternity leave, you've got a young baby, maybe two, maybe three, and no, you can't come in at six o'clock in the morning and stay in the office till nine o'clock at night anymore. Um, to what degree were you able to use technology to help you and work off-site? And to what degree did you have to rein in how much work you were doing?
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. In my day of having children, and this is going back a few years now, um, we didn't have the same technology available right. to us. We didn't have laptops at home. We had fax machines. We had <laughs> – that was our <laughs> Which way Which was of considered community. kind of cool and sexy <laughs> yeah, at the it was. time. It <laughs> Believe me, I used it. I um, bet. But we've now morphed into something much more than that. There's greater ability for women to stay connected, for all attorneys to stay connected, uh, for whatever reason, whether it's for family or otherwise. Um, and um, and we're a big proponent of that at the firm. It doesn't. You don't have to be sitting behind your desk to meet client needs or firm needs you can do that remotely. It's no different if I were in court on the West Coast and I had a need that I had to address on the East Coast, whether I was sitting at home or sitting in a hotel room, right. I can do that.
1: And, and we know that A, it's become not only possible, but um, common and something that's expected by a whole new generation that's coming up. But when you were in that position, and it was pre-laptop, Um, how did the firm work with you and how did you work with the firm? Did you, did you like scale back how much work you were doing or did you work at double time? How did you get through that stage? I did scale back. I had three
0: children at one point under the age of five. It wasn't realistic (laughs) to think that I would be doing the same level of work that I was doing before I had my children. I had other commitments, and, and obviously those were very important to me. Including
1: um, things like sleep.
0: Right. Sleep was hard to come by, but <laughs> yes. you know that was very important um, on all fronts, both professionally and personally. Yes. So yeah, it was, it, it was an interesting uh, time, and I did scale back, and I chose to work a reduced schedule for a number of years, and that really worked for me. And I should say the firm accommodated whatever I requested.
1: That's... That's part of what's so amazing in the story. By the way, this is Women at Work on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. And I'm your host, Laura Zarrow. I'm talking with Lauren McKenna, partner at Fox Rothschild, one of Working Mothers' 50 best law firms for women. If you have a question about any of this and you'd like to join the conversation, give us a ring at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. So that difference that you rat like a rational person scaled back, because how could you not? There's only so many hours in the day. And you're doing two of the things that matter most to you, I presume, mm-hmm. which is parenting and having you know, a home life as well as working, but that you weren't penalized. You were supported. I was supported,
0: and and, and I asked for the support. I was ag- assertive about asking for that support.
1: How would you make the case? Why was it in their interest to support you then?
0: Well, at the point I had my first child, I was a fourth-year associate. The firm had invested a lot of time in training me. I had found a financial home with certain clients. I worked with somebody, a, a man, I, who I continue to work with to this day, who was a mentor and a friend who understood it was important to me to have a family. And I approached the firm and I said, these two things are important to me. And the fact that I, I'm becoming a mom doesn't mean that I'm any less committed to being a professional here at the firm. And I think they listened. They listened. They listened to me, and they gave me the opportunity to do those things. And quite frankly, it's the reason why I was able to stay doing what I do professionally.
1: I think it's a testimony to you that you also knew how to um, make the case so that they would hear it. One of the things that we were talking about last week with Gail Ball of Chestnut Street Ventures was how do you get behind inside the head of an investor and understand what it is that they're thinking about so that they'll listen to a woman entrepreneur. And in a way you understood, here's the business case. I'm invested in this. This is important to the business. I want this to continue. I also need to step back, but I'm not pulling back from my interest in being successful and helping the firm be successful.
0: That's exactly right.
1: Did you get coached or did you just know how to do this?
0: Um, it was, no, I didn't get coached. It was just sheer, you know, I wanted the opportunity, so I had to figure out a way from, <laughs> to get from point A to point Z. And it worked. And it's worked for other women. And it gets easier once you have one, one woman who does it successfully. It gets easier for the next to ask for some accommodation if that's what she wants.
1: So over time, um, we know that that critical issue of um, let me get real maternity time without losing my job. And uh, let me come back and not go right into the deep end. But as Working Mother spells out, and, they, and I'm going to just read the list briefly so that we kind of all have it at our disposal, um, and I encourage people to go read it. But, you know, key factors of paid parental leave the um, flexible work arrangements, Um, are there child care provisions, do you get funding, what happens if your child care falls through, Um, still being able to hold on to your PTO, um, your personal time off, and then the whole um, set of benefits of sponsorship programs, women's initiatives. In what order did these things develop within Fox?
0: Well, we're an interesting firm in the sense that we've grown – Uh, exponentially over the past number of years that I've been there, which is now 27 years. And we've uh, acquired other firms during that time, all of whom had their own cultures. So what we saw was as we engaged with other firms that became part of ours, they might have some more progressive views on how certain issues should be handled, and the firm as a whole would adopt them. So we're really a firm that's morphed over the years By listening, by listening to other firms that we acquired, looking at what was best about what they did, and adopting those as our approaches. And quite frankly, that's how our Women's Initiative has grown to what it is today.
1: It's wonderful to hear that there are some core values that keep coming up as we discuss these things, that as you are acquiring new firms, which suggests you're in the power seat. Instead of squelching their cultures to adapt to yours, you embraced, this is another form of diversity. It may not be gender diversity, it may not be racial diversity, but it's cultural diversity of a different business and listening to it and learning from it so that it can be preserved and improve your culture.
0: Absolutely. There's value in learning and there's always the opportunity to build and do more and be better.
1: As this was happening, um, How was it that it started to shift from being an initiative that um, men could benefit from as well?
0: Well, we realized, as I said, that men had to be part of this because we were looking for things that were traditionally male. We wanted leadership positions. We wanted the opportunity to sit on the firm management committee. We wanted to be on other committees. We wanted to be part of the power seat at the firm.
1: You wanted to be in the room where it happened.
0: We did. We did. And we knew that that would not happen unless we told um, the men of the firm of our interest in being part of that. And amazingly, um, and it was just wonderful from my perspective, the men we approached listened. They met with us. They heard our desires, they talked to us about how to get from, you know, one point to another in terms of leadership, and we started to work on that. We made it a uh,
1: part of our focus. Um, By the way, this is Women at Work on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. I'm your host, Laura Zarrow, and I'm talking with Lauren McKenna, a partner at Fox Rothschild, one of Working Mother's 50 Best Law Firms. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can reach us at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. So um, as you can imagine on Women at Work, we've talked a lot about um, negotiation the ways that how important it is to learn how to negotiate, how penalized women can get for negotiating. And I remember one of our guests had posited that with lawyers, because the ability to argue and negotiate is so inherent in the practice of law, that in some ways as a community, it might actually be more open to strong and assertive women. Um, it certainly sounds like there was room for you to bring the kind of arguments to the leadership within the firm that I haven't often heard about in other corporate settings. Do you think there's any validity to that notion?
0: I think absolutely there is. No question. Uh, you know, I'm a litigator. I advocate for my clients. Why shouldn't I advocate for myself and other women at the firm? You know, that's just natural, and it's what the way it should be. And for those who are listening to us and what we thought needed to happen... Um, they were respectful of that, as I think um, you would want in any sort of discussion or negotiation. And that was the best part for me, that people were open and willing to listen to what we desired and what we thought would be healthy and beneficial for the firm.
1: So you, I want to dive in a little bit so that we can Give our listeners some of these ideas and skills that they can take into their lives without having twenty six years of practice at one of the fifty best law firms. Um, in you said something about who you're advocating for, and that um, you have a you know part of your job is to advocate for your clients. And so, getting the leadership to see that you were advocating for yourself wasn't a big shift. How did you learn to advocate? Where did you develop those skills? And if people want to learn about how to do it, what suggestions would you give them?
0: One of the things we do routinely is that women talk to other women at the firm. I've had other more junior women come to me and say, Lauren, I'd like to know how to negotiate my compensation this year. What is it that I should be focused on? If I say this, will it be perceived as coming across as too assertive? Should I take you know more of a low-key approach? There's no, there's no real reason to be shy about any of this. Everybody's doing it. Uh, and why not be informed about what's worked before for other women mm-hmm. uh, and other people at the firm? So one of the things I'm really pleased to see is that women are talking to other women and asking those specific questions, not just how did you do this? What you know? Tell me exactly what you said.
1: <laughs> right? How did they respond? It's so funny that you say this. I feel like there, without going into details, a number of things in our lives that we never discuss, frankly, because they feel taboo. And then when we're confronted with them, we're so limited by the fact that we didn't speak frankly about these things. And money and salary is one of them, particularly for women. And so the I love that you acknowledging that scripting it, learning the words to say is worth the time because if you wing it, you're probably going to get it wrong. That's right.
0: And the lesson is you're going to be more comfortable when you finally go in and and have the discussion, whether it's on compensation or some other aspect of your professional life, you're going to feel like you've talked it through.
1: So even if you can't talk to another woman in a major law firm, there are people that you can turn to to get advice from and role play with, colleagues at the office, people who are mentoring you. Yes. And um, when you you go into sessions like this with someone else that you are advising, what do you listen for and what kind of advice do you give them?
0: Well, most recently I had a discussion with a young woman associate who was talking about um, these very issues and said, I don't know what to say. Can you give me some words? You know, what is it they're looking for? So we talked about Well, what is it they're looking for? What do they want to see in terms of your performance? Let's drill down on what matters, because sometimes that even is a mystery. Uh, And then we talked about sort of what does the, you know, framework – you have to understand the context in which you're asking the question. Uh, Understand, you know, where it may be, you know, wrong to ask for a little bit too much because you're going to look unreasonable.
1: Right. Um, So a strategy of negotiation. Yes. So – As you think about your role models and the role models in the firm, um, who is inspiring other people and who's inspiring you?
0: We have a lot of inspirational people. Uh, Many of my inspirations are male colleagues, people who understand who I am and talk freely with me about issues that matter to me and may be unique to me as a woman. Uh, And many of the people who have advocated for me are men. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that, that they are just as much a part of um, success at the firm as other women may be. Uh, so from an inspirational standpoint, you know, I've reached out to anybody who will sort of take an interest in me. And there have been many people who have done that, both women and men. Um, and I think it's important for other women to recognize that male colleagues can be just as much a part of that
1: and also in that you've kind of um nodded to i don't consciously or not different types of ways that we can learn from the people around us so they're the the people that we look up to and they inspire us they're the people who are actively mentoring us there are our sponsors how do those things work within the firm um, particularly with the women initiative and are men ever assigned to those roles
0: Yes. So the Women's Initiative offers a lot of that structure. So if there's nowhere to look in your particular office to maybe somebody who's, you know, a few offices down, the Women's Initiative offers that, and we're happy to do that. But we also encourage women to seek that same level of sponsorship within their office because what might be happening here in our Philadelphia office could be very different than what's happening in Denver or San Francisco. And you need to have both levels of support absolutely
1: and I also think it's a testimony to how Fox Rothschild has supported this so holistically so with just the the minute that we have left um, as you're going to be heading off for the celebration um, what is it that you're hoping to learn and where do you want to take Fox Rothschild next year as you continue to try and earn this award from Working Mother magazine
0: we really want to look at the other firms who have been selected this year as to what they're doing well and there may be room in what they do that we don't do. And we, there's no you know, shame in sort of saying, hey, that's a measurable thing that we'd like to achieve for ourselves as well. We take great pride in being part of the group, the top 50, and we know there's a lot to learn from them.
1: And also, as we've learned today from you, um, both what Suba was saying before about the power of having your clients – inform you and inspire you and give you new reasons to shoot forward, and your trust in one another. Once again, Lauren, you've brought out some of these values that we hold so dearly, and we're just honored and thrilled to have you join us.
0: Thank you so much, Laura. It's just been
1: a pleasure to be with you and talk about these issues. Same here. We learned so much, and good luck making the list next year. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Thank you all so much for joining us today. A particular shout out to Suba. We're so grateful for the work that she's been doing. Um, If you have a question about something you heard on today's show, you can email us at Business Radio at SiriusXM.com and be sure to follow our show on Twitter at BizRadio 111. I'd like to send a special thank you to my guests, Suba Barry and Lauren McKenna. I'd like to encourage you to check out Working Mother Media and all of their amazing reports. I'd also like to thank our producer, Patty Hall, our sound engineer, Tatiana Zamis. I'm Laura Zarro and this is Women at Work on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 111. Everyone keep listening to one another. Check out your new benchmarks and measure the things that matter.